When your ideal customer's kids are begging every night to read your book, you've won. At Dinosaur House, we turn industry leaders into kids' book authors. We don't do it because it's a super fun thing to do, although it is. We do it because it's highly strategic. Imagine if every night your customers are being asked by their kids to read a book that your company made. Talk about brand affinity. You're helping your customers connect deeply with the most important thing in their lives, their kids, over something that they are passionate about that has to do with your industry. If you want to have a conversation with us about how your brand could become the author of a kid's book, just hit us up, dinosaurhouse.com. Hit the little button that says schedule a story design call. And we'll have a jam session together on just what your company's kids book could and should be. Hey, everyone. This is Paul Gunn, Jr. I'm the founder of Kua Corporation. We help our warfighters in getting home safely by providing them the materials they need. You're listening to The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thanks, Timmy, for having me. Hey, I'm so excited to talk to you, Paul. You have a very uh, awesome-looking business. Um, before we get into talking about it, I, I, I would just love to get a little bit of more understanding. So what it, how does your business work, as in what exactly do you sell and to who? I think I have an idea. How did you start it, and what's been your growth? So we help our warfighters get home safely by providing them the material they need. So that can be boots on a, on a soldier or warfighter or the actual items that go into the tank and aircraft that they need to get over there. Um, we started in this when my brother came back from serving shortly after the towers went down. So we had a previous company we sold that he kind of went in his other direction and I started this one to continue servicing this industry. It's something that's a deep passion for me and I take great pride in the work that we're doing. Ultimately understanding we play a part in helping people be protected that gives them a better chance to survive wherever they're going. What was it about uh, this, like like what got you to want to start this company in particular? And also, what's the significance of the name Kuag? This part can be edited until then, right? Why? Well, no, I'm just, just making sure. There's kind of, it's kind of a unique name. The, the, the premise behind it was coke industries and when our son kind of was born i was coming up with a name for the company and that was around the time war dogs came out so there's a system you have to go into where they have to assign the name the lady was kind of like if you don't hurry up and give us a name we're gonna pass this on and you'd have to wait until the new year so i was at the ku and then the end of it when he started making his noise, I was like, hey, this little OG is making a name. So I just threw the two names together, but it, and it came out. But the premise behind it was Coke Industries. How do I create something that's going to be able not to just be tied 
to the federal government in the warfighter, but that can expand into other different industries. So I've I found that unique name and it kind of stuck. I was like, like I like that name. Let, let me go with it. But the premise was Coke Industries. Got I it. kind of okay. like what they were doing. And um, why did you start this business specifically? Like what made you want this to be the company that you created? So initially after I let the other company, we sold it. I wasn't going to get back into this. I was more looking to help others who were manufacturing, who had a desire to get into the government and still being able to help them in that process. I realized that there was a lot of paperwork or just processes they didn't want to get involved with. So in helping them, it wound up turning that I was going to be able to still provide value and support a purpose by just doing it myself. So it started by trying to help others and then it turned into, well, I'll do it myself and take this at the hell. And it's been really productive in that process. Every entrepreneur that I talk to has a different sort of like why behind their origin story. So some some people have always been an entrepreneur. They they knew that they were going to grow up and be an entrepreneur from the very beginning. Some, they were working a regular job, but they wanted freedom. What is it for you? Did you Have you always been entrepreneurial or was this something that you transitioned into and why and how? No, I, I would say I've always been entrepreneurial. I mean, I, I've tried to go get corporate jobs or for whatever reason. It never, I was never able to really have my qualities and skill set shown in the corporate. So I, I've been in this. And even in those transitions after the first one, I did try to say, fine, I'll go work corporate. But this level has kind of been record. First things first, I'm going to have you introduce yourself the way that you would if you were going to, say, give a talk on a stage or something like that. So I'll give you my introduction and you can do yours based off of it. So if I was going to do it, I'd be like, what's up, everybody? My name is Timmy Bauer. I'm the founder of Dinosaur House. We turn industry leaders into kids book authors. I'm also the author of Lucas, the Dinosaur Entrepreneur, and you're listening to The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. That last part is the part you might want to write down because you won't hurt my feelings. The show is called The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. You want me to say you're listening to The Purpose Driven That, that Yeah, that's how mm -hmm. you'll end your introduction of yourself. So the way I introduced myself is I was yeah, well, that's what we're doing today. Uh, the way I usually do it is I say, what's up, everybody? I'm Timmy Bauer. And then I say, I'm the founder of my company. And then if you want to say anything else, you can. A lot of people will literally just be like, what's up? I'm Timmy Bauer, founder of Dinosaur House. And you're listening to the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. It's up to you how much you want to do of an introduction. It just goes before this little musical intro and then our conversation. And we can do as many retakes as you need to. All right, I'm gonna count you down. You ready? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, all right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, this is Paul Gunn Jr. I'm the founder of Cool Corporation. We help our warfighters in getting home safely by providing them the materials they need. You're listening to The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. So the interesting thing, like what I feel like would be really interesting to talk to you about 
because I, so most of the time that I've been an entrepreneur, it's been sort of B2B, like I'm selling, you know, uh, my service to other businesses, but for you, it's B2G, you're selling to the government. What is it like trying to run, like, what are some of the challenges of trying to run a B2G uh, business? I think one of the biggest things with the government, you certainly have to be well-funded and you I would say if anybody, even if you're trying to deal with marketing and you didn't know how, the, the easiest thing I would tell somebody is trying to market your company to the government because you just simply can't place an ad. You have to do a lot of your research. You have to find out where your sweet spot is and, and how to leverage that to make a real case. So between being able to have deep research and understanding what is going on and kind of forecasting ahead of time how to attack that is something that places you in a good position. But one of those situations as well, when you try and go after something large, it helps to be well-funded. And you're usually in a catch-22 with the government. You can win the work and then bankers and funding places usually want to wait to see till something's delivered. They don't really always want to step in from a mobilization in terms of funding until after the fact. So you're constantly playing catch 22 growth and where those resources fit in. How old is your company? When, when did you start it? So it's about six years. It started in December 16. And your primary day-to-day, -day, like how much time are you spending trying to get funding versus trying to get uh, contracts? I would say it's both. So you basically build up momentum. If you're researching, you're usually doing things two, three years out. So you're going after things that aren't really immediate. You're trying to sustain stuff that's in the current. So you're constantly either looking for networking or working with other people to support you in the short term, but also preparing either those bankers or those funding places for long-term growth yeah. in that process. You said one of the hardest problems is figuring out how you're going to market to the government. What, what have you figured out that's worked for your business? Like what were some of the early Target. wins? Okay, I didn't, I didn't I, okay, it seemed like there was a lag. And one of the biggest ones was the first downturn with the last, in 2009 with the last company. One of the insights I had was to market or add in a highly visible event just to, to kind of place it right at the front before the names of the people who were in attendance. And what happened was the people who had the, magazine or publication for that event at that time said well people the first thing they do is cut during a downturn and since i was asking to place an ad they're like well you're the only one who's coming in here we'll just place it in the front and what happened was i would say that played a part where there was some name recognition even though the government doesn't really support advertising i would say our name kind of showed up in the right place so that when we did do our market research and placed our information in the right spot, there was kind of, it's not a new company. You kind of took position of branding in the right place. So what I've learned and I've seen is when things are going wrong, kind of like with the pandemic and having a cross collaboration with others, if you're placing your name and kind of people who aren't necessarily in your industry, 
or parallel to it, it's it's creating some form of brand awareness to you. I've been thinking about that a lot because obviously like it looks like we're heading into a recession, like yep. uh, pretty apparent. Um, and just the idea, like most people view uh, it as a negative thing, like, you know, something bad is about to happen. And that's certainly true. But I like what you said about in a downturn, like that's your time to be making yourself as visible as possible because a lot of companies are going to stop existing. And so you could become top of mind for people if you're like one of the companies that has continued to exist. <laughs> yes. um, so Paul, I started this podcast because I wanted to ask purpose-driven entrepreneurs what it is that they're really living their life for. So when you think about a big question like that, like what do you want to be remembered for when you die? Or what do you feel like you're really living your life for both personally as a, and as an entrepreneur? What jumps out to you is most important? Ability to impact somebody well beyond your resources. And I would say this, I don't know the statistics on there, but I would say there's probably a large portion of people who are working current jobs and either feel they have that spirit and they don't want to go ahead and take the risk or like for what you're doing, pushing kids and, and others to see what is possible. There's not one set rule that you have to go be a certain thing to be successful in life. So do you have that ability to become successful, leverage those resources and make impact for somebody in that process? And that's basically how I wake up during the day. Yeah, I make mistakes. I'm going to run around and and in the entrepreneurship, boy, there's some highs and there's some lows. So having those cross days where you can work and still make an impact for somebody is really what's at the root of what I'm trying to do. Now, how I exchange products or we exchange products to make those resources work is it's helpful. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you want to leave a legacy for somebody to say, hey, when I had an encounter with him, there was the best thing that he was trying to do, either help me or point me to the right person who can help me. I really like the statement of pushing kids to see what's possible. I think I'm yeah. going to steal that from you yeah, and probably ahead. put that on my website. <laughs> That's you really good. No, um, why, why is everything that you just said, why is that so important to you that it's one of the things that you want to hang your life on? Because I, I'll speak, right? You know, growing up, there's people who probably come from certain areas or demographics who are just told what's not possible or people who come from other countries who migrate here and they're told they're not going to succeed. So it, it's it's a driving force for myself to see what has been possible and to know somebody can come from nothing and create something for their families. Or in, even if they don't do it in their generation, they start the ball moving for their kids and then their grandkids to deal with something. But to be able to not limit somebody because somebody in an either educator role or just somebody who just has things negative to say limits that person, especially children, especially children, that you tell them what they can and cannot do. So if they see it with their own eyes and if they interact with it, they then see what's possible for themselves and they can ignore to the best of their ability the negative things that are placed on them or the limitations from where they may come from. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy for people even who come with a lot of, of things, but if you're at least able to show them, 
they've got some drive or determination and a push. I agree. Um, Paul, I've got two for fun questions that I like to ask on this podcast. The first one is I'm a kid's book author. So I believe part of leaving a legacy is reaching kids. What's a topic or idea you would make a kid's book about if you could? So I'm big on empathy. I'm big on empathy. And it's something when you walk out into a store or when you walk out in just general public and you see kids who don't see color, who don't see demographics, just share. Hey, you want to share this toy? Hey, you want to do that? And I'm saying, imagine if the business world worked like this. It, you know, it's highly theoretical, but to take the innocence of kids and let them know that is a strength, don't suppress it, don't limit it, improve that quality. I would put one that's basically rooted in empathy and say, look, if you continue this, you're going to go a long way in life. It's- it's so obvious to me just already just talking to you just that this is a high value for you yeah um, I, I i can feel it like it just emanates from you um my last for fun question for you is what is something that you currently suck at that a year from now you want to be great at i can't stand on public speaking in, in the sense of if you get me in the room and i don't do it now one-on-one i can do it so that is definitely something that I'm working to get better on or do it. But it's always, it's not always, but it's been difficult to basically go into those places and do it because one-on-one would want to be able to share. And if you got me in a room full of kids, they'd probably be able to do it fine. But they want to hear everything you have to say. And even if they're doing it, those questions are genuine. So I would say in a room with people who have genuine questions, I'm happy to share. But how I do admire the people who go out and can just at the drop of a dime, hit stage and do that well. So that is definitely something I'm working on Mm. to be able to share those things that are important to me. Yeah, that's super important. Uh, Paul, this has been a super fun conversation. Where are you most active on social media that listeners could connect with you? LinkedIn is helpful. And I am trying to use all the different other ones like uh, Instagram, um twitter and i'm starting to learn tiktok but i, I do got to catch up but linkedin <laughs> primarily. yeah 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 so linkedin and then what where where do you feel like as far as the other ones that you're trying to uh learn what are you most focused on you know i i'm working instagram and tiktok and some of twitter but i do like on tiktok a lot of the motivational or just the knowledge that drops on there and i yeah i'm learning a lot from some of the the youth how it can be applicable especially i saw one of the kids the other day said people don't google anymore they just tiktok it so dang wow yeah i i didn't know that that's crazy Um, Paul, this has been a really fun conversation. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Anytime. Thank you, Kenny. 